We shall turn to our Bibles for the reading of the word. We shall read from uh, 2 Thessalonians. Our pastor is not with us this evening. He is preaching at Kayunga Fellowship. Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. Whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and, and establish you in every good word and work. Na ye, chitugwani defe, ukweba zanga katonda inakuzona kuwamwe. Aboluganda, abagarwa, mkamafe, kuwanga katonda, Yabalo ndela obulokozi okuwa kulubelebelie mkutu kiliziwa kwa moyo no kukiliziwa amazima. Bwe yaba, oyaba itila enjiri ya fe. Uluo kufuna echitiwa chamu kama wa fe Yesu Kristu. Kale no aboluganda. Mujimirenga era mnyezenga. Bimawewa ni mnyigiliziwa. Oba mchigambo. Oba mbaluwa ya fe. Na emu kama wa fe Yesu Kristu yenyini. Yekatuonda chita fe. Yatuagala natuwa okusanyusa okutagwawo nesubye tunji mukisa abasanyuse emitima jamwe ajinyeze mubivuli chikorwa nechigambo echirunji may the lord add a blessing to the reading of his word mukama awo mukisa kusoma ko chigambo che you may be seated musulokutulako i want us to share this evening njega tugabana akaongeza around what we have read okwetulako echi chetusomye and I will call the subject God has chosen you to salvation. God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation. God chose you for salvation. Isn't that so wonderful? God has chosen you to salvation right from the beginning. We are not here by mistake this evening. We are not here as a coincidence. But from the beginning, God chose us for salvation. God forwarded us and he predestinated us unto salvation. Right from the beginning, he chose you and me unto salvation. Paul is telling us here he says but we are bound to give thanks always to God for you brethren beloved of the Lord aren't you glad this evening that you are the beloved of the Lord of course, Paul wrote these epistles. He was writing to the Thessalonians. But it concerns all of us. It is just like 
Peter on the day of Pentecost, when he preached, and people were pricked on their hearts, and they said, men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? And Peter told them, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this gift is unto you and to your children and to as many as the Lord will call. And those ones are weak. Paul was, rather, Peter was preaching to those people that Peter, time and telling them what to do. But he told them the promise is to, for you and your children and even those ones who are afar off whom the Lord our God shall call. In other words, the spirit of God through Peter was talking about us who are afar away whom God was so even Paul here is not just speaking to the Thessalonians, but he's speaking to you. Amen. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord. Because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. God chose you to salvation. God chose you to believe this truth. Paul was speaking then as the first church age messenger the messenger of the church of Ephesus. They had their message and they, they believed it. But God also knew that in our age we would have our message. We would have the truth to believe. And before the foundation of the world he chose you to believe this truth. He chose you to believe this message. Now the Bible says in 1 Timothy 2.3 it says this is good and well acceptable in the sight of God who would have all men to get saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between man and God the man Christ Jesus. He says it is good. God wants it that all men should get saved and should come to the knowledge of the truth. But do you know that not all men will get saved? Not all people will get the truth. It is only a selected few whom God foreknew before the foundation of the world. That's why Paul was appreciating God on behalf of the brethren of that time. Saying that we thank God always for you brethren beloved of the Lord. For God selected you. God chose you right from the beginning to believe the truth to be sanctified through his spirit Amen Hear what the prophet is saying in this message of making a way He says Now making a way I don't believe that God ever ran his office just a haphazard way. I wouldn't run mine. You wouldn't run yours. Jesus didn't die at Calvary just to say, well, Now, maybe people will feel sorry for me being that I, I come, go to earth, and take on the form of flesh. 
and they will really get saved. Maybe if they see how pitifully I die. God didn't do that. Jesus died for one purpose. And that was to save those ones who God for a new would be saved. That's right. God knew there was going to be somebody saved. And there had to be a preparation or a way made for them to be saved. There wasn't salvation if it was not that salvation wasn't possible. So God for knew that people would be saved knowing who they were. He had to lay a plan down. Now you'd say to me, Brother Branham, then God knows exactly who will be saved. He says, correct. Well, why does it say he's not willing that any should perish? He isn't. He isn't willing that they should perish. But all might come to repentance. But in order to be God, he has to know who will do that. Or he wasn't God. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He knows everything. He's at every place and all powerful. So for our knowledge looks back and says that he for knew this and not that. He could tell what the end was from the beginning. Amen? So God knew those ones and he chose his salvation choosing the people to get saved according to his foreknowledge. Just like we were sharing last Sunday about free moral agency. God's choice we saw that it depends on you. He chose according to your choice. But him being eternal and infinite, he knew right from the beginning, even before the beginning, in eternity, he looked at our hearts and he knew those ones who will accept him, those ones who will get the truth and accept it, and he chose. And the Bible says, it's not he who willeth, it's not he who runneth. We didn't choose him, he chose us. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world to know this truth. That one should give you courage. That one should give you hope. That one should give you a lot of faith in him to know that from the beginning God chose you in him. Brethren, it is entirely grace. Just as, as we sing in that song, amazing grace. How sweet the song. He chose you unto salvation before the foundation of the world. He chose you to understand this truth in this very age that we are in. According to human standpoint, as people see, but who are you and to know this truth. Brethren, it is entirely the grace of God. So that's what Paul is talking about. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. God put a seed in you. 
a seed of representation. That seed that captures that seed that would understand the word of God, the truth of God. He put it in you before the foundation of the world. The prophet said, he said, the bride is caught by mysteries. Mysteries are the ones that catch the bride. And the Bible says, in Revelation 10, 7, it says that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, all the mysteries of God shall be finished. They shall be revealed. Revealed to who? To those ones whom God foreknew before the foundation of the world that they would be sanctified through the spirit and believe his mysteries. They are not revealed to anybody. God has sent us Brother William Marion Branham according to Malachi 4.5 Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord to turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of the Pentecostal Father. The prophet came to reveal these mysteries to you and me whom God foreknew before the foundation of the world so that they should catch us because Remember in the Bible when Abraham wanted to get his son Isaac a bride he called one of his servants, the masters of his servants, Eliezer, and called him and told him, Eliezer, I don't want my son Isaac to marry from these Canaanites. I will send you back to my kindred to get a wife for my son Isaac. And Eliezer told him, how will it be my master? What if the girls reject? Should, will I take Isaac with me? And Abraham told him, no. The Lord God who called me from my father's house, from my kindred, he will send an angel before you and that angel will lead you. And the Bible says Eliezer went. And when he reached that place, I think it was Mesopotamia, the Bible says that it was in the evening time. He put his camels around the well and I believe he lifted up his hands and prayed. And he said, Lord, let the girl who will come to fetch water and then I will ask her for a drink and she will give me a drink and even water all my cabbages. Let that one be the girl that you have chosen for my master's son Isaac. And the Bible says, shortly after that prayer came Rebecca with her pot on her head. And the Bible says that she was fair to look at. And when she came, Eliezer asks her for a drink. And she lays down her pitch and gives him a drink. And then after that, she labors to feed all the cabbages that Eliezer had. And the prophet rejoiced. Rather, uh, Eliezer rejoiced. He said, this one is the very girl that God has chosen. And indeed, that was the girl. How did she know that mystery 
of the servant of God. Of Eliezer. Do you know that Brother Branham is your Eliezer of this day? God sent him purposely with mysteries to catch you and me. We are caught by mysteries. I remember before I came to the message, I ran from pillar to post. I was an Anglican. I got saved. I went to Pentecostalism. It could not suffice until I got disgusted and started staying home, fellowshipping alone in my house. And one day, after almost a year, I saw an advertisement in the papers. They were advertising about a convention at Makerere College. And I went for it. And that was my turning point. I looked at the message believers there. The way the ladies were dressed. I compared to where I came from, from Pentecostalism. That one struck me first. They were decent, they were. I looked at their hair. I looked at their decent dressing. When it came to the message, I remember what, uh, even the message they preached. The spoken word is the original sin. I could not doubt it. I was just a manning in my heart. After that, a certain brother, Pastor uh, Peter Opio, he took me around and there were so many posters they had, you know. One of them was for all the messengers from the first church age up Right from Paul, Irenaeus Martin, up to Brother Branham. And he was explaining to me. And I could not doubt it. I was just saying, this is the truth. He told me about the Lord Jesus Christ. How he's our God. I could not doubt it. Brethren, those mysteries are the ones that catch the bride. How come that you did not doubt the original sin? Something, a message that so many people stumble about. How come you do not doubt about the Godhead? How come? Those are the mysteries. You could never doubt them. And yet, mighty, good, wonderful, educated people, they can never see that. They cannot understand that God is one in different offices. They stumbled so many scriptures. But how come that you got it? It is because that's what Paul is talking about. We thank God for you always, brethren. Because God, right from the beginning, he chose you for the sanctification through the spirit and belief of the truth. God knew you for this very truth. Isaiah says, let's read um, Matthew. The Lord Jesus was referring also to Isaiah in that very scripture. Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Matthew 13 from verse 10. For whosoever hath, he says, okay, from verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. Okay. 
mwereddwa okumanya ebigambo ebyechama ebyobwakabaka obwokubiri na yebo eba kiwereddwa mukama fyebwe lwacho yegera nabo mu ngero why did he speak to them in parliament and he told them to you it's given to know the mysteries but to them it is not given amen to you whom God for you for whosoever hath to him shall be given and he shall have more abundance but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that he hath kubanga buli alina aliwewa era alisukirirawo naye atalina alichibwako nekali nako mukafya basi for whosoever hath more will be added to him. But that one who does not have, even the little that he has will be taken away. Whosoever hath, that one who had that seed of representation, more will be added to him. Because you had something to begin with. God had put something in you. A nature, a godly nature to understand the things of God. So whosoever has more will be added. More truth. More revelation. More mysteries will be added. For you Jesus tells his disciples you were meant to know these mysteries you were given to know them but to them it was not given because to begin with they had nothing in themselves but these ones had something a receptacle in their hearts to capture the truth of God, to capture the revelation of God, to capture the mysteries of God. Amen? Therefore speak I to them in parables because they sing, see not and hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah which saith by hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand and seeing ye shall see and shall not perceive for these people's heart is waxed gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes they have closed lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and they should heal them but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear Chembanjogira nabo omungero kubanga bwe balaba tebalaba bwe bawulira tebawulira so tebategera naye Isaiah byalagula bitukiride bwe yogera nti muulira bulizi naye temutegera muliraba bulabi naye temuliyetegereza kubanga omutima gwabantu bano gusavuwadde namatugawe gawulira bubi namasogawe gabazibye balime okulaba namaso nokulira namatu nokutegera nomutima nokuchuka ne nemba wonya naye amasogamwe galino mukisa kubanga galaba namatugamwe kubanga gawulira blessed are you because you have eyes to see these things. Blessed are you because you have ears to hear the message of the hour. Oh, that's why Paul is rejoicing on behalf of these brethren. I believe when Paul would imagine himself when he was lost, you know, in that faith of the law and he was persecuting the church of Christ but here he meets Christ and he gets a revelation because he was one of these brethren he was one of the chosen ones and now he gets a revelation he gets the, the truth he is sanctified 
and now he meets his fellow brethren oh he's rejoicing with them oh saying brethren we thank God for you because right from the foundation of the world God for you brethren it is entirely grace God to open your eyes and see this truth should not be taken for granted because it is God who reveals. It is God who chooses. It is God who opens our understanding. There are so many good people. Very many innocent, good, people who desire, who love God with all their heart. But they cannot see this because it is not meant for them. But who are you? Who am I? to be the beloved of the Lord chosen right from the beginning to know this truth David was saying in Psalm 16 he was saying that you will show me the path of life Brethren, it is God who shows. It is God who reveals. Without God, you cannot see this truth. It is entirely the work of grace. Let us read Psalm 16. Verse 11. Psalm 16:11. It says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand, they are pleasures forevermore. Amen. Amen. You will show me the path of life. There is that narrow path that is not seen by many. Jesus spoke about it. He said, Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And very few. But wide is the gate. And broad is the way. That leads to destruction. And very many people. Take that one. But who are you to see this path of life? Especially in this age that we are in. It is the Lord himself who purposed it and showed you this path. Right from the foundation of the world. So you are not here by mistake. You are not here by coincidence. because he purposed it to show you this path. And why did he purpose it? It's because he loved you. It is just the love of God which is a mystery in itself. Because the prophet says, what proves and what shows that God loves you is just because he elected you. He says he can subject you. Uh-uh, he can subject you. He can under stress can subject you to suffering. He can subject you to hard life. Because that is, it is his own way. It is his prerogative. He is a God who can do anything at his choice. He can do anything. But he shows what proves that he loves you. It's because he elected you. He elected you through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth. That's what shows that God loves you. Hear what the prophet is saying in the seven church ages. In the seminarian church age. He was saying, I know. I know your tribulation. I'm not at all unmindful of your suffering. 
Oh, what a stumbling block this is to so many people like Israel they wonder they wonder if God really loves them how can God be just and loving if he stands by and watches his people suffer that is what they asked in Malachi 1 1-3 the burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet he said, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Says the Lord. Yet I loved Jacob and I hated Esau and laid his mountains and his heritage west. For the dragons of the wilderness, they could not figure out God's love. They thought that that love meant no suffering. They thought that love meant a baby with parental care. But God said that His love was elective love. The proof of his election uh, the proof of his election is love. The proof of his love is election. That no matter what happened. His love was proven truly by the fact they were chosen unto salvation. Because God has chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and the belief of the truth. He may commit you to death as he did Paul. He may commit you to suffering as he did Job. That is his prerogative. His sovereign. But it is all with a purpose. If he did not have a purpose, then he would be the author of frustration and the author of peace. His purpose is that after we have suffered a while, we would be made perfect, be established, be strengthened, be settled. Just as Job said, he puts strength in us. Amen. Amen. The proof of his love is because he elected you. He may subject you to suffering, to death like Paul or Job. But what proves that God loves you is because he elected you. And whatever happens to us, the prophet is telling us it is not to frustrate us. God may pass you through a very hard way. But his God is not a God of frustration. He does all that for our good. Because I believe if he loved me and elected me, whichever way he takes me through, he knows the way. We don't know the way. He knows the way. And what, whichever way he takes us through, it is for our good. But the whole thing is that what proves that he loves us is because he elected us. It's because he put a seed in you. A seed of representation. That seed to know the truth. Jesus would be speaking to the, the, the church ages in Revelation and at the end of each and every church age he says he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit speaks to the churches the church age of Ephesus says he who has an ear let him hear because he will endure up to the end, I'll give him the tree of life, which is in the midst of the garden of paradise. 
He goes on to the second church age. He was an Let him hear up to the last church age. He was an ear. Which means in each and every church age, there are people allotted to hear to understand the truth. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about. Blessed are you because you have eyes to see these things. Blessed are you because you have an ear to hear. In every church age, there were people with a spiritual ear capture in this very age that we are in, this Laudation Church age, which is, coming, which is the bread age now, because God has called us out with mysteries. He knew you had an ear to capture this message. You had an eye to see these things. Indeed, it is the grace of God. But Paul goes on to say, let's go back to our scripture. First Thessalonians 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Amen. Amen. Verse 14 he says, Where unto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God for a new you right from the beginning to know this truth. To be sanctified through his spirit. Amen. And he goes on to say verse 15 Therefore brethren stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our episode. Which was given to thee. After Paul opened because God opened their eyes and he told them be careful people in the world good people educated people have not seen this truth. But through the grace of God, he has revealed it to you. He revealed the message of Paul to those people. The Thessalonians to whom he was writing to. But now he's cautioning them. Hold fast. Hold fast. That treasure. Do you know that we have a treasure? This message of the hour is a treasure. It is the only lifeline we have in our age to save us. There is nothing that can save you outside of this message. That's why God sent you a messenger, William Marion Branham, Malachi 4.5. Behold, I send you a legend of prophet before the great and dreadful there is a great and dreadful day of the Lord, but God has been so gracious to open your eyes to see this truth. Paul was telling his fellow people in the church age of Ephesus, you have seen this truth. God has opened your eyes. He has sanctified you. 
and he has given you the eyes to see this truth. But now he says here, he's saying, therefore brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions. Aha! Hold the traditions which you have been taught whether by word or epistle. Paul warning those people of his time be very serious. This is the only lifeline that you have. Hold fast to it. No wonder Paul having the eye, the prophetic eyes he knew that one time when he has departed previous wolves will come and try to change this thing. And he said even if an angel comes from heaven or we ourselves and we preach something different from this let them be accursed. Because that is the only thing that can save you. Brother, sister, outside of this message, you are lost. Hold fast. Cling to this message. Cling, 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 cling. Cling on this message. With all, with all your knowledge. Don't take this something for joke. Because it's a great thing. I love this so much. And open your eyes to understand this message. Don't take it as something for a joke. This is the only thing that will save you. Brother Abraham says, the only thing that can save any man in any age is to cling as much as possible to the message of his death. That is the only thing that can save you. In the days of Noah, only eight souls got saved. Those ones who clung to the message of Noah. In the days of Moses, only two souls. Joshua and Caleb, out of two million people, managed to reach the promise. Because they took the message of their messenger, Moses, as a treasure. That is the only thing that will save you, brothers. God, through his bountiful mercy and grace, he has given us this treasure. How do we treasure it? When this message is preached, you know that every fellowship we come, we attend here, we come in this house of correction, the house of rebuke. We come in the house of judgment. God, that gracious God, to show us the way to make us prepare for his coming. When the Holy Ghost is preached, what have you done about it? When prayer is preached, what have you done about it? When it is revealed to you that the coming of the Lord is so close, what have you done about it? It is not a matter of attending church and just enjoying a preacher preaching. His preaching is supposed to give you a closer walk. It is supposed to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is supposed to make you more prayerful. It is supposed to turn your life to pattern the image of Christ. That is the purpose of this message. You can say, well, the preacher preached very well. Oh, we appreciate him. The message he preached, that was a masterpiece. But what has that masterpiece done in your life? What has it done? Has it transformed you? Has it given you a closer walk? Paul is warning us here. Let us hold fast to this message because he's the only lifeline. He's the only 
way that God has put there for you for salvation. The prophet talks about a, a man who was dying, a brother in his days, and he sent for him. He said, Brother Branham, come and I'm dying. And the prophet went. And he found him so sick. Ailing to death. And the brother asked him. Brother Branham. Tell me. Will I make it to heaven? I see my life is ebbing. Will I make it? And the prophet told him. If I was a physical doctor. I would also ask you something. Maybe we'll cut out tests. And, and see the situation that you are in. But I also want to ask you something. Tell me. How you have walked with this truth. Tell me. How you have taken the word of God. And the brother told him, Brother Branham, I want to tell you, the first day I heard this truth, you remember, I put on my best suit, and he took me to the water and baptized me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And from that moment, every word that you have preached, I've been so careful to walk that way. And the prophet turned and looked at him and said, my brother, I want to tell you that you have passed from death Because he was the messenger of his death. He had taken and treasured the message of his death. He had held fast to the message of his messenger. Brethren, that is the only thing that will save you. We appreciate the Lord so much. God has been so gracious to open our eyes to predestinate us, to choose us right from the beginning to know this truth. May the Lord help us because it is indeed amazing grace to know this truth. Without him showing you this narrow path, you will never, never see. But through his grace, he has opened your eyes to see this truth. He has chosen you to get this truth. So it is up to you and me to go before the Lord. Just like David said, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon his name. David was an elect. He looked at himself. He looked at how he was elected in preference to his brethren. And he saw that was grace. He saw how the Lord loved him, how the Lord. He said, What can I give God? God has everything. He owns the earth, He owns heavens, He owns silver and gold. There is nothing I can pay back. But what I will do. I'll take this cup of salvation. I'll appreciate him. I'll say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for predestinating me to know this message. I'll always lift up my hands in total surrender to his word. I'll take the cup of salvation. Brethren, that is the only thing that we can do to appreciate him and love him and ask him always to make us more like him. God bless you so much.